0: Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening.
1: Hello, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. It's me, it's Rachel. If you've been following the show pretty steadily, you know that I just took a massive amount of time off. This is my first recording after taking eight weeks off. And I just want to say thank you for your patience. I had the most special baby ever. All you moms out there are like, no, you didn't. (laughs) My baby is the most special baby ever. But I had a beautiful baby boy born on July 29th. And it's been just a wonderful, wonderful season of transition in my life as I've transitioned from not being a mother to suddenly wearing this brand new hat, this brand new shiny title of mom and figuring out all the things of parenting a newborn with my husband has been so fun and let's be honest, (laughs) so stressful as well. Um, you know, anytime we go through a massive transition in our life, whether it be a new job or the loss of a loved one or moving or anything, it doesn't have to be a huge life change. Even small changes in our daily routine, in our daily life can cause stress in our lives. And so what I'm excited to talk to you about today Is number one give you an update on how i've been and then also let you know what are some strategies that you can implement when either a you're going through transition in your life or b you're not necessarily going through a transition that you're aware of yet you do have unwanted stress in your life so i'm going to give you some strategies for dealing with transition and or stress in your life today now the first tip is easy enough on paper. And that is to realize that even good changes in your life cause stress. When we think of stress, I think our go-to is to think of something anxiety-driven or tragedy-driven, something that's sad or causing anger in our life, something huge, monumental, like a loss of a loved one or a divorce or fighting with our loved ones, And yes, those negative life events do cause stress, absolutely. And yet, oftentimes, people don't recognize the fact that even positive, exciting changes in our life, even good changes in our life, cause stress, cause stress hormones. An easy example of this would be a promotion at work. If you get a promotion and a raise at work, that is a good thing in your life, right? And yet, what does it come with? It comes with new responsibilities. It comes with a new job title that you've never done before. It comes with a learning curve. It comes with maybe working with new people. This can be stress-inducing because it's a huge change. Yet even something that's even more subtle than that let's say a new relationship where you feel butterflies and it feels warm and fuzzy and exciting and you have all this release of endorphins, how could that be stress-inducing? Well, it can be stress-inducing because you're shaking up your normal. And any time we're shaking up our normal, we can produce stress in our life. So step one is simply to recognize, if I have stress in my life, has there been a change? Has there been a transition? And recognize the fact that even good changes can cause stress. Now, the second tip that I have for you is to acknowledge that things are changing. Because what we often do as humans is we want to deny that things are changing. We want to bury our head in the sand and say things are going to go back to normal. They're going to go back to the way they were before. I want to get back to point A where my life looked like this and felt like this and sounded like this and this was the way that I want it to be now. And I would just say if that's you, please know that that is so 1000% normal for people to want to go back to the way things were before things changed. Here's the problem with that. The longer that we want things to go back to the way they were before... The longer we are procrastinating and putting off making our new normal, the new normal. If we're always looking at yesterday, oh, I just want to get back to how it was before. I just want to get back to how it was before. We're prolonging making today our rhythmic routine, our settled in way of doing things. And if that's the case, what we're actually doing is creating more stress in our life. Denial creates more stress in our life and it can prohibit us from moving forward and moving into acceptance. I'll give you an example of this from my own life. My last year of teaching, I knew it was gonna be my last year. Like I had been wanting to step out of the classroom and step into entrepreneurship for a long time, about five years. And going into my last year of teaching, I knew this has got to be the last year. Well, in order to make that happen, I took a part-time job at a different school. So I only taught 50% of the time my last year teaching because I wanted to set myself up to be able to work on my business and get clients and do that part-time to set myself up to going full-time entrepreneur the following year. In my head, the plan was perfect. On paper, the plan was perfect. I was really excited about it. Well, moving to a new school and going halftime caused a lot of stress in my life. I had a new boss. I had new co-workers. I had a new classroom environment that I was sharing with another teacher. I had new students. And... For a long time, I'd say the first couple months of school, I was trying to do things the way I did them at my old school. I was really stuck in this pattern of I got to make the old way work here. And what I didn't realize then that I now realize in hindsight was the old way was never going to work in this new environment with new students and a new co-teacher and a new boss. It just wasn't. But my persistence to try to do it the old way caused a lot of friction between me and my co-teacher. It caused a lot of friction between me and my new boss. It caused a lot of friction between me and the new students because I had in my head the old way was better. But what I failed to realize was that that old formula of this is how I teach, this is how I classroom manage, this is how I talk to parents, this is how I run my schedule. That old way of doing things was never going to work in an environment half time with a co-teacher. The denial and my persistence to try to do it the old way caused a lot of stress. If I would have just acknowledged, okay, I have to scrap everything and start over, I think my year would have been a lot less stressful. In fact, I know it would have been a lot less stressful. And I probably would have had a better relationship with my co-teacher. But we were both projecting, I want it to be a certain way. She wanted it to be her way. I wanted it to be my old way that worked for me at my old school. And we had a really tough time establishing a new pathway for both of us. Well, why do I share that story? Because What we have to do when we're going through changes in our life, we have to acknowledge that change is necessary. Once we acknowledge the old way is not going to work, this is going to require new strategies, then we can implement new strategies. Go back to my old podcast, it's not that old, but an older podcast that I did called State of Change, where I talked about when things transition in our life, the first phase that we go through is denial. Try to do it the old way. Try to do it the old way. Try to use old strategies. Those old strategies don't work in a new situation. So what we have to do actually is abandon the old strategies and develop new strategies for our new current situation. Okay. So tip number one, recognize even good changes cause stress. And tip number two, acknowledge those changes in your life so you can adapt and create new strategies. Now let's talk about what are some other tips of dealing with transition and stress in your life. Tip number three is optional depending on the circumstance. So for those going through transition, this tip is going to be massively important. And tip number three is to grieve the past and feel your emotions for an appropriate amount of time. Why do I say that? Because just because you must acknowledge that things are different, right? You must accept that things are different. Doesn't mean you're not going to grieve the way things were. Even in good transitions in your life, it is okay to grieve. I'm gonna be really honest and vulnerable. Having this baby, my baby son, Isaac, has been the best, absolute best thing that has ever happened to me. It's been the best thing that's ever happened to my husband, and it's been the best thing that's ever happened to us as a couple. And yet, I still had to grieve the things that are no longer the same in my life. My son was born on July 29th. Well, my husband and I, our anniversary is on August 3rd. And pre-baby, what we would do for our anniversary is we would drive down to Disneyland from our house, which would take about seven hours. So even that Okay, for some of you, that's like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a drag. But for my husband and I, it was so fun. That was our car time. That was our road trip time to connect and laugh and play car games and listen to music. And then when we would get to Disneyland, we had this routine where we would open up the parks before 8 a.m. we'd be there, we'd be raring to go. We would do Disneyland for three days, celebrate our anniversary at a fun restaurant inside Disneyland, and then we would spend time in the car together on the way home. Well, we both knew going into this birth of my son that we weren't going to do that this year. I knew that he knew that I thought I was totally fine with that. I really did. I was like, Oh, who cares? You know, there'll be other family vacations. I'm not even worried about it. Well, our anniversary came. And I was extremely sleep deprived, extremely hormonal. We were staying at my parents' house so that my parents could help us for the first week with the baby. And for our anniversary, my husband went out to Makuni's, which is a sushi place by our house and brought home sushi because I hadn't had sushi in nine months. And it was supposed to be like this really fun special night where we're eating sushi. And I just burst into tears because I didn't realize that I was really grieving our past anniversary trips that I knew that that wasn't going to be a thing in our life anymore. That even if we went to Disneyland again in the future, that it would be different, that we would have a son. And of course it would be amazing and wonderful and fun, but it wouldn't ever be the same. And that's a very real thing to go through to grieve, even in happy transition times in your life. Well, if you deny yourself that grief because you have this toxic positivity mindset of, but this is good, it's going to be great, this is such a wonderful thing in my life, you're doing yourself a disservice because those emotions are going to surface somehow, somewhere, some way. And if you don't allow yourself to grieve for what those emotions are truly about, they're going to manifest somewhere else And they're going to be displaced and possibly supercharged and directed in the wrong direction. So I would say if you are feeling grief in your life about change, acknowledge it. You know, for some people that might be journaling about how you feel. For other people that might just be talking to someone. You know, I just had to talk to my husband. And I said, I know that this is a really happy time in our lives and I'm really happy so please don't take this the wrong way. But I'm sad today. I'm sad that we're not driving down to Disneyland and laughing and singing songs in the car together. I miss that and I'm going to miss that. And he said, I'm going to miss that too. And he allowed that moment before saying, and the next time we go to Disneyland, it's going to be even better because we have a son and he's going to be enjoying it. and We're going to be enjoying it through his eyes and all of that's true, but you got to give yourself a minute. Okay, this next tip, tip number 4, is to hold on to as much of the routine that you love as you can. Hold on to as much as the routine that you love that you can. Now, this might sound counterintuitive to what I said in tip number 2, which was acknowledge the change, right, and move into new strategies, and that's true. Yet At the same time, there are going to be parts of your old routine that you can hang on to that will work in this new phase of life. And that's what you want to hold on to because holding on to the rhythmic beats in your life that can stay the same, that is going to support you in lowering the cortisol, in lowering the stress hormones, in finding rhythm in your new way of life by keeping what you can that's routine. Now, I'm going to be very vulnerable and share that I have not quite figured out what the old beats are that I'm bringing into my new life. I'm still figuring that out. And so that's okay. You're going to give yourself time to figure this out. Because when your whole world flips upside down, you're not really sure where the old rhythm is. You're not really sure what you're bringing with you into your new life yet. So, What you actually want to do is play around with some things that were old and see if they work and feel good and work in your new way of doing life. So some examples, what I'm trying out in my new life is, hey, when can I get in my workout? That is a rhythmic beat that I had going for me before baby, pre-baby. I worked out three times a week, very consistently. How can I still make that happen? Now, the workout might not be the exact same, and that's fine, yet what's important is that I am finding a way to fit that beat, that rhythmic beat of working out consistently into my new life. So what I did, (laughs) I bought a Peloton bike. I'm not an affiliate for them. (laughs) I'm just telling you what I really did because I want to be able to work out while I watch my son. And I was going to the gym three, four times a week. Well, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that anymore, or at least not for a while, right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out a way where I can work out from home and watch my son at the same time. So get creative about which parts of your old routine you can modify and hang on to to fit into your new life. And this might take some trial and error. There's going to be some things where you're like, oh, I tried to hang on to that routine and that didn't work. Okay, let it go and try something else. Okay, this next strategy, I'm pretty sure I have to have shared it before because I love this exercise and I do it all the time. And I'm like, I have to have shared this before on another episode, but I don't remember if I have or not. <laughs> I got baby brain. So I'm going to share it again because it's worth repeating. So this strategy is called a brain dump exercise. That's what I call it. So you might've heard me talk about this before. If you have not implemented this strategy yet, oh my gosh, what are you waiting for? This exercise is a total game changer. So let me start with why this exercise is so awesome and then I'll tell you what it is and then I'll tell you how to do it. So why this exercise is so awesome. You at any given time have maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 tabs open in your brain. Depending on who you are, you have multiple thoughts going on at one time. And your unconscious mind is designed to keep bringing things back up to the surface for your safety, for your protection, for your survival. Your unconscious mind does not want you to forget anything that you have coming up, anything that you have to do, okay? Because... This is a survival mechanism. If you forget that you have something important coming up, right, that could be detrimental to your life or to your lifestyle. Okay, let me give you an example. Let's say in your brain right now you have, oh my gosh, I need to write thank you cards. I need to get those to the post office before Friday because it's been a certain amount of time. Oh my gosh, I need to respond to that email about my taxes. I totally forgot to do that. Oh my gosh, I have a dentist appointment that's conflicting with this other appointment. So I need to call and move that. Oh my gosh, I have a presentation coming up next week. I got to remember to change the PowerPoints. Oh my gosh, it's almost the first. I have to pay my mortgage. I can't forget to do that because I forgot that I took that off automatic because we changed banks. So I got to remember to do that. Okay, you get what I'm doing. You get where I'm going with this. This is normal, everyday life. And what happens is, these different things that we have coming up on the calendar aren't necessarily all today. So tomorrow, our brain is going to remind us all of those same things over again. And the next day is going to remind us all of the relevant things over again. Until that one is crossed out and done with, then we what fill it with a new thought that comes up. This is so extremely draining and tiring on your whole entire system that your unconscious mind feels compelled to constantly remind you of these things that you need to do. So this brain dump exercise, what it will do is it will allow all of that brain power to be used for somewhere else. It's going to conserve all that energy that it takes to remind you over and over again, don't forget this, don't forget that. Oh my gosh, we got this. It's going to take that chatter out of your head and create more space for creativity and problem solving. And it's going to give you more energy and it's going to reduce your stress. Okay, you bought in, you're like, oh yeah, tell me what this is. I would need it. Okay, it's actually quite simple to explain. So if you are a person that likes to visualize things, I want you to follow along with a visualization of how I'm going to draw this out on a piece of paper. Okay, and if you're very auditory, you're just gonna listen and understand perfectly. Okay, so here's what the brain dump exercise actually is it is a literal writing of everything on a piece of paper that you have to do so that you don't have to remind yourself every day. Yet, even more than that, there's a specific way to do it that will allow you the most efficient way to make sure you always remember everything and that everything gets done in a timely manner. So the first thing you do is you grab a piece of paper and you create different columns. Okay, so I usually make about four columns, kind of just depending on what you have going on in your life. You have a column for each project or subtitle that you have going on in your life let me give you some examples of this so let's say you're on the pta right that's a responsibility that you have well one of the columns could be titled pta and then underneath the pta you're going to bullet point everything that you have coming up for that one project in your life for that one piece of the pie then in your next column let's say you have job title And underneath your job title, you have all the things. And I do mean all the things, even something minuscule and tiny like email that HR rep back. Yep, write it down. Now, the way to think of these columns is headings on the top and then all the to-dos underneath it. Why do we do it this way? You do it this way because as your brain is writing each category in a column, that triggers your brain to compartmentalize everything out so while you're looking at the title PTA you focus only on that what are the things I have coming up for that and I don't care if that thing is tomorrow or eight weeks from now you write it down then you move to the next title and it says your job title and you go oh yeah I have to update the powerpoints I have to practice my presentation I have to email HR I have to whatever you make a complete dump in each Column. I'm telling you, this is a game changer because just writing a to-do list, oftentimes what we will do when we write a to-do list is we'll still forget things and then they'll pop up into our brain later, right? Yet doing it this way with the subheadings on top and creating different columns, focus on one column at a time allows you a full and complete dump of the brain to get rid of all the chatter going on in your head. Once everything's on paper, I'm telling you right now, it's gonna look like a lot. You're gonna look at your paper and go, oh my gosh, this quote unquote to-do list has a hundred plus items on it. Well, that's because it's not a to-do list. It's a brain dump. So then what you do is you take your entire brain dump and you look for the three or four things that you wanna get done today. And those three or four things go on a separate piece of paper as your to-do list. Then tomorrow when you wake up, You look at your brain dump, you find the three or four most urgent items that need to get done, and you put them on a separate to-do list. And you do this for a full week or so until everything on your brain dump or most of the items for that week get done. Then you start a new brain dump the following week. I do this every Monday morning and it saves me so much brain power. Please try it out and tell me if you absolutely love it. Because once I started doing this, oh my gosh, game changer. It's going to reduce your stress almost immediately. Anytime you're feeling stressed, you do this exercise, you're going to reduce your stress. Okay, the next tip I have for you, if you're going through a massive transition or a stressful season in your life, the next tip I have for you is to plan something to look forward to in your future. If you have something on your calendar in the future that you are really looking forward to, that is going to create endorphins and serotonin in your life every time you think of that future goal or that future plan. So this could be a future vacation. It could be a future self-care day. It could be a girl's night out, a guy's night out. It could be a date with your spouse. Yet if the further out into the future you're going, the bigger I would say to make this plan. So it's not like, oh, a year from now, I'm going to go on a date night with my spouse. No, maybe a year from now, you're going to go out of the country for a huge vacation that you've always dreamed about, right? Or maybe that's going to be two or three years down the road because that's how long it's going to take you to plan financially. Fine, do that. Cause you're going to have something to look forward to every day and that's going to create endorphins and it's going to lower your stress hormone. So tying this back to something I said earlier, when I was grieving my Disneyland trips, right? My anniversary trips with my husband, I was grieving those. And then my husband said, you know what? We're going to plan when we're going to go next and we're going to go next for my birthday. And, you know, Isaac will be old enough to where we're in a really good routine with him. And we'll know what he is and isn't capable of, uh, like scheduling wise nap wise, energy wise, and we'll go as a family and we're going to go in January. And I thought that is a great idea because now we have something on the calendar to look forward to. We can be excited about it. And I'm not as sad about missing out on my anniversary trip because I have this new adventure to look forward to. Okay, the last tip I have for you for today is to talk to someone supportive. Talk to someone supportive. If you're going through some very stressful season in life or a transition season in life, find a safe person that you can open up to about things. Because like I said, even the positive changes in our life can create stress. And so pick and choose who you speak to about your emotions wisely. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to talk to the person who's going to disregard your feelings and say, yeah, but look how happy and great everything is. There's a time and place for that. But it's not the first thing that should come out of someone else's mouth. And if you know, hey, if I go to this person, they're going to negate how I'm feeling and tell me to be happy and tell me to focus on the positive. I'm going to say avoid that person. I would say also avoid the person who is going to drag you down and drag you through the mud and say, yeah, isn't life horrible? Let me now make this all about me and my problems and vent to you all of my stuff. There's a time and place for that too but not when it's your time and turn to just articulate what you're going through and feel acknowledged and feel heard. To feel acknowledged and to feel heard, what you're looking for in someone to open up to is you're looking for somebody else to repeat back to you what you said and to validate an emotion or two. So a good example of this would be, oh my gosh, so what I'm hearing you say is that you now only sleep one hour at a time at night? That sounds so exhausting. Are you exhausted? That is a good friend. That's hard to find though. So I'm not saying like go out and judge all your friends because they don't have the capacity to do that. But what I am saying is, number one, be that person for someone else. When someone else comes to you and just needs to vent, oh my gosh, all you have to do, it's so simple. Repeat back to them what they said And then give an emotion that you would feel and then ask, do you feel that way? Okay, it sounds like this. Again, here's the example. Oh my gosh, so what I'm hearing you say is that your boss gave that promotion to someone else. You know, that would make me feel really overlooked and undervalued. Is that how you're feeling? Or tell me, how are you feeling? Oh my gosh, your friends are going to love you for that. You know why? Cuz they're not getting that from other people who don't have the social and emotional awareness to do that for them. So be that space holder for someone else. And then pay attention. When you're venting to somebody, what are they giving to you? Are they just making it all about them and totally ignoring you or are they providing what I absolutely hate? Maybe maybe you don't hate it as much as I do, but the positive the toxic positivity, like oh, but everything's gonna be great and you're fine and da, da, da. For me, that's very triggering. I cannot do that. (laughs) That to me is almost worse. But pay attention to how people respond to you when you open up and then be cognizant, be aware and be conscious of who do I really enjoy opening up to because they provide me with what I need in response and who do I not enjoy opening up to because they don't provide what I need in response and then use that information to your advantage next time you need to talk. What you don't wanna do, ladies and gentlemen, is expect a different response from the same person, right? So you'll go to the same person every single time and they don't give you the response that you want. Uh, they're probably not going to until they mature or change as a person and you have no control over that. So if you're going to You know, said brother in law every time and said brother in law doesn't give you a response that you like, try a different person. Okay, so are you excited to try these strategies for transition and stress? Which strategy was your favorite? I'm gonna recap them for you really quick. So, strategy number one, realize that even good changes in your life can cause stress. Strategy number two, acknowledge that things are changing, get out of denial and move forward. Tip number three, grieve the past and feel your emotions for an appropriate amount of time. Tip number four, hold on to the routines that you can and the routines that you love. Tip number five, brain dump everything that's in your head, get it on paper so you can reduce your brain chatter. Tip number six, plan something to look forward to in your future. And lastly, tip number seven, Find the person who's going to acknowledge and validate your feelings so you can feel heard. And if you don't have anyone like that in your life, please feel free to reach out to me. That's what I do on a professional level and I'm happy to be here for you if that's something that you're looking for in your life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for spending the day with me. I appreciate you. If you want to see pictures of my son, I have them on my social media on Instagram, which is Coach Rachel Bailey, all one word, at Coach Rachel Bailey on Instagram. And you can follow me there and see my journey. If you just want information about the podcast, I have a brand new Instagram account. There's not much on it, I have barely any followers because it's brand new, but you can also follow Life Coach in Your Pocket on Instagram. All right. I hope you are fabulous. I hope you are well. Shoot me an email so we can connect. I love you. Leave me a review if you haven't already, and I will see you hopefully again very, very soon. I'm going to try to get back on track to releasing an episode every week, but bear with me because we're going to see how that goes. All right. Have a fabulous week. I'll talk to you later. Remember, life is a journey. You're in the driver's seat.
0: I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach In Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.